Welcome to another episode of Records Revisited, a podcast dedicated to the magic of music. I'm your DJ, your MC, the host on the East Coast. I am Ben Montgomery. Joining me is the man who was primed to inherit the earth, but he don't want it. Here's my co-host from the left coast. Here's Wayne Fugate. Ah, uh, previet, my comrades. I just want to say I was hoping that you had used uh, this is the man who dreamt he was Surfer Joe and what that means, I don't know. Yeah, that would have been a good one. I, I was just going to say, and here's the bastard of young. Here's Wayne Fugate. <laughs> Income tax deduction. Yeah. One hell of a function. <laughs> so uh, the premise of our podcast is fairly simple. We're uh, talking about music. If you couldn't guess by what we just were throwing out at each other, we're talking about the replacements today. So what T-shirt are you wearing? Appropriately so, I'm wearing my Replacements Let It Be uh, album t-shirt. Very nice. I don't own a Replacements t-shirt per se, but I am wearing my Bash and Pop t-shirt. That is Tommy Stinson's band. I saw them last year. They opened up for Psychedelic Furs. I also got to meet Tommy after they played, and he could not have been cooler. Um, you know, I, I said, hey, I want to I get a selfie with you. And he's like, uh, uh, give, give me your phone. I, I take really good selfies. I take really good selfies. He, he moved me around a couple different spots near the merch table um, because he was trying to find the most appropriate light. And the, the, the selfie that I took with him, I've got a big old grin on my face because he was cracking me up. So he could not have been cooler meeting Paul Westerberg that's like on my bucket list. Uh I don't know if that's ever going to happen considering he is a uh he's essentially a hermit and a and an asshole I hear too. Well, I I I I could see that. I could see that. Um all right, so for this episode we're going to put to rest the classic argument that Wayne and I have had about which is the best replacement album. And I'm I'm gonna guess that I already know your answer based off of your T-shirt selection. Absolutely, let it be. I'm going to take the side of "Please to Meet Me" is my favorite album, and picking this as my favorite replacement album. This was this was difficult because I could have easily picked Tim. Um, and as much criticism as "Don't Tell a Soul" gets for, you know, being overproduced, there are some really great songs on on "Don't Tell a Soul" as well. So I'm I'm letting you know. Please to meet me as my favorite. Let's let's talk about the personnel. So who who are the personnel on Let It Be? Same as same as on yours. Tommy Stinson on bass, Bob Stinson on guitar, Paul Westerberg lead vocals and guitar, Chris Marsh drums. Personnel mostly the same. So Bob was no longer in the band for Please to Meet Me. Oh, that's I thought that I thought it was after that recording. It was after Tim. So he is he is not on Please to Meet Me at all. Almost the same um same lineup. Paul would also play some piano on a few songs on Please to Meet Me and because Bob got fired in 1986 from the band, Paul took on more of the guitar work for Please to Meet Me. Um, Tommy would say about that firing, he said, my brother was becoming a hindrance to Paul's songwriting growth and to what we were doing. He was just messed up. We were all messed up. We, we were messed up less than him and we could forge on. I, I really do think that Paul really grew as a musician, not having Bob around. And I think that, that his guitar work definitely got better. And you can definitely see that on the Paul solo albums, which, look, I, I love the first two Paul solo records. Any thoughts on, on Paul Westerberg as a solo act? I, I, and I think it started with All Shook Down, which was uh, supposed to be a Paul Westerberg solo album, but they owed, the, they owed the company. They owed the label one more. So none of the tracks, I believe, were recorded with two replacements in the same place. They, they were all recorded separately. It's, it's for all intents and purposes, a Paul Westerberg solo album. And, and I think it's one of the 
most underrated uh, records of the nineties. That was unbelievable. Yeah. I, I totally forgot that that was more of a Paul solo album as well. All right. So other personnel on my album and, and maybe you can, you can talk about other personnel on yours. I think it's pretty scant though, but um, we've got credits to a teenage Steve Douglas on sax and a East Memphis Slim, which is actually really Jim Dickinson who produced the album. And I'm not going to spoiler alert, but one of Paul's heroes is going to play guitar on one of the songs on the albums, uh, on the album. And I'll, I'll talk about that as we get to it. So my album recorded in Memphis at Arden Studios. That's the same studio where Big Star recorded there. Um, that really a who's who of artists have recorded at Arden. I looked at Discogs. Discogs has 1,656 references of albums or singles that have been recorded there. Some notables. Dylan's recorded there. The uh, the mixing of Led Zeppelin three, so they didn't record there, but they mixed it there. White Stripes, Al Green, James Taylor, Booker T and the MGs, number of ZZ Top albums, and you know a lot of local Memphis uh, Memphis artists also recorded there. Tell me a little bit about Let It Be. And I will say this: I chose this album. I choose this album as my be- my favorite replacements album because I feel like top to bottom. I don't think there there are any songs I don't like. Whereas on Tim and Please to Meet Me, there's a there's a couple, not a lot, but there's a couple. And this one I feel is solid because Tim, I, I think Tim is in the conversation. It's this is not an easy choice. Don't tell a soul. All shook down. I think all uh, great albums, great records that could have easily we could have easily battled them out. But uh, this one, top to bottom. Uh, Let It Be was the third studio release from uh, The Replacements. It was released in October of 1984 by on Twin Tone Records. It was recorded at Blackberry Way Studios in Minneapolis. And uh, one of the early choices for a producer was Peter Buck of R.E.M. They actually went down to Athens and met with him and at the time didn't have enough material for an album. So he passed, but he does. He gave him, he's, according to him, gave him some ideas, helped him, helped him work out a few things. Um, and he ended up, in the end, recording a guitar solo for the one and only single from the record, I Will Dare. The Village Voice called this the fourth best album of 1984 and the 10th best album of the 80s. And Rolling Stone magazine put it as number 239 on the 500 greatest albums of all time. I, I have no idea where Please to Meet Me, if it is even on the Rolling Stone top 500. You know, in listening to Let It Be Again, I definitely see an evolution from, you know, the previous couple couple albums. You know, Stink is definitely more of a, uh, you know, it's more of a punk rock uh, album. Whereas Let It Be, even though it has some some punk roots, they they definitely evolved a little bit. And um, if you haven't had a chance to to listen to the um, the so the current did a series of podcasts for Husker Du. Um, that's that's a really good indication of. Or, or a good reminder of what the replacements were battling up against. So they were they were trying to keep up with Husker Du, and and I think that there was a little bit of Husker Du trying to one up replace the replacements. And I think at some point, I think Bob Mould and Paul Westerberg both kind of realized that they could branch out from you know those the the, the hardcore you know, minute and a half type of songs into writing some legit rock type songs. Is that, is that overestimating it over, over analyzing it as, as per usual, of course. <laughs> All right. So we, we ready to get to our debate. I'm ready. I'm All ready. Right. So this episode, we are going to match up, up uh, each of the songs of the albums against one another 
very similar to what we did on the journey debate. So track one on let it be versus track one on please to meet me, etc. Each of us is going to have one veto power where we can cancel out the other's vote if we're deadlocked in our debate. Um, this is going to be interesting because I think that there are some really well-matched songs. And I think we're going to modify the scoring because Wayne, Wayne used his veto last time on Faithfully. And quite, quite honestly, I'm still ticked off about that. Well, you had it coming after your long-winded diatribe on Faithfully, where you reference a number of times it's been used as a wedding song. Look, you you are just a heartless bastard. That's really all I can say on that matter. I feel like you forced my hand. You left me with no alternative. Okay, that that's fine. So going forward, we're also going to allow one song to be designated from each album as our sacred cow which means that your veto powers are not going to work on that song. So Wayne, introduce your song from Let It Be. My song, the first song off Let It Be is the one and only single, it's I Will Dare. And my song off of Please to Meet Me is I O U. I will dare number one in its defense. It is no, it is about picking up underage girls on public transit. That's rock and roll. That's it's also got that's, a guest. Uh, that's like Jimmy. What? That's Jimmy Page, man. <laughs> it's also if that wasn't enough, Peter Buck does the guitar solo. So I got Peter Buck, underage girls, public transit. I'm dropping the mic. <laughs> All right, so I've I've got a good story on IOU as well. This is reportedly about an autograph that Iggy Pop gave lead singer Paul Westerberg that basically read IOU nothing. And Paul Westerberg has explained the line wanted in writing, I owe you nothing. And that's uh, he so he took that also and interpreted that as a big F you to the industry. And even some of the fans, particularly the ones who had certain expectations for the replacements about what they should do, how they should act, how they should sound. You know, some of the diehard replacement fans didn't like didn't like how um, how they had evolved. You know, Tim. Yeah, Tim had Tim had really changed a lot of their a lot of their sound. And, and it was. It was just evolution from from you know let it be to to Tim to to where they're at now. I love the lines where it says there'll be time. Believe me, when you're old, you're all wrong, and I'm right. And that that to me is just a Paul Westerberg line. Um, so as much as I love I O U, I'm gonna give this one to you. I'm gonna concede this one. Because I Will Dare is one of the replacement's best songs. And I will say this, that I read the same story about Iggy Pop and it changed the way I listened to the song. And after I listened to it, as I was listening to it, after I had heard that comment, I could so hear Iggy Pop doing the song. There'd be some different production. I can definitely tell you that. But when you listen to it, it's you can hear, it's almost like he wanted Iggy Pop to do the song. This would make a great Iggy Pop song. 
Iowa. I yeah, and I can and I can totally see this song being being performed at CBGB, for instance. You know, and and I think I had told you this. I so I got stuck in New York last year um, because of you know some some flight uh, flight cancellations, and so one of the things that I went and did was I took a subway down to where CBGB is, and one of the big posters that they have it's by the way it's no longer it's no longer a music venue it's it's like a a a clothing store but they've retained some of the roots of it there is a big replacements poster hanging up and i can totally see this song being performed at cbgb that's uh i think westerberg really did capture to to your point he really did capture the the, the the stooges type of attitude and mentality on this so great song but i like i said i got to concede it to got to concede it to i will dare because that that song just is great all right moving on to our number twos so from please to meet me this is alex chilton And the second song off of Let It Be, this is Favorite Thing. So Alex Chilton is an ode to Alex Chilton of Big Star. There is a line in there, and Chilton by the million, wait for Alex Chilton. Look, Favorite Thing is a great song, but we all win when we listen to Big Star. I would have never found out about Big Star had it not been for this song and for this album. And... Big Star, I I go back to number one record a lot, and one of my favorite bands, as you know, I'm I'm a huge Posies nerd, and they were part of Big Star as well for a number of years with uh, with Alex and Jody. Yeah, you you you're not going to win this one. Well, and I'll let me say this: I think Alex Chilton is in the argument for their best song with can't hardly wait um bastards of young this is quintessential replacements and when i said i took a different approach at this battle i wish this song came along a little bit later because i'm gonna have to show my hand because i'm gonna veto this song because i can't beat it because there's no way to beat it so i'm gonna i'm gonna go for the win and i'm gonna and i'm gonna veto alex chilton okay well you're using your veto you are you 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 are being strategic. I don't like know it. whether I don't know whether to commend you or call you um, a heartless bastard, like I did earlier in the uh, in the in the podcast. Well, to quote Al Davis, "Just win, baby." So, so as we move along, the third song on "Let It Be," we're coming out. song off of please to meet me is i don't know (laughs) 
Coming out is much more of a of a throwback from their earlier, you know. Some I could hear this being on Ma. I sorry, Ma. I forgot to take out the trash, or even uh, Hoot Nanny. It's much yeah. more punk rock, a lot more, lot lot faster and harder. That's all. This one is one of those songs where on my on my, on my whiteboard in my war room, I, I lost this one. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so that's all fine and good. Yes, that is that is a definitely a throwback to to some of those. This is I don't know is about as punk as they get on this album, and I thought that they might they might get overly produced or go corporate, but this song is pretty punk in attitude. I mean, I I love this song from the standpoint if you listen to the words. This is really a big middle finger to the music industry. And I think it's also a big revelation on the replacement self-destructive tendencies. I think you're reading reading the book right now, The Glory Boys. Trouble Boys. Trouble Boys. Why did I say Glory Boys? Trouble (laughs) Boys. Um, And the, the, the underlying theme of that entire book is just how they just wanted to, to, to self-destruct. Like they, I don't think they were ever going to be comfortable being like the best band in the world. And, you know, with that in mind, the, the lyrics, one foot in the door, the other foot in the gutter, the sweet smell that you adore. Yeah. I think I'd rather smother. I mean, that is, that's perfect replacements. Um, and as they're going in the verse, in the second verse, where, you know, who's behind the board? I don't know. They tell me he's a dope. I don't know. What the F you saying? I don't know. Our lawyer's on the phone. I don't know. Um, how, how much are we in for? And then they finish with, what did we do now? I mean, that is just, it's punk. Um, so I... I, I got I got to throw my vote towards I don't know I think it's just a better song than we're coming out. I love it. It's got a different style too. It's almost kind of un. Uh, it's just got a unique kind of glide around uh, punk style. Uh, and I do I when I listen to it and I heard the words and I, I you know focused in on the words it it almost and at that time but eighty six it does sound like it's poking fun at you know that that hair metal scene that's about to come up and that had already started at that point. You know, there's a couple of lines in there that made me think of that, but yeah, this, it definitely is poking fun at popular music. And, uh, it's, it's I, I put this one down as a loss. I, 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 on my, on my, on the whiteboard in the war room, I had this one crossed off. All right. I'm glad you, glad you could concede on that. All right. Uh, Moving on to our fourth songs from Please to Meet Me. This is Nightclub Jitters. So this song reminds me of the SNL skit of Bill Murray doing his little nightclub act. And it's a little out of place on the album. 
it like I don't hate it, but it just seems like a really strange song to put on here. And again, kind of going back to the the whole punk mentality of we're going to do whatever the heck we want. This definitely demonstrates that. Like we're going to go from a, a really in your face type of, of, you know, uh, you know, I don't know is definitely a punk song. And so we're going to go from that to a nightclub song. And it just seems so out of place. Like it almost just seems, well, because it's so out of place, it deserves to be on the album. And it didn't work for me. I, I, I the, that was a great analogy with Bill Murray because this has had a, a lounge singer uh, whole theme going over it. But I don't, I didn't even think it worked as a joke. Uh, I have this as the, as of the twenty two songs between these two albums, this is the least likable one I I've heard. Um, I would. It just doesn't work as seriously or as a joke. And the fourth song off of Let It Be, Tommy Gets His Tonsils Out. Tommy Gets His Tonsils Out. Hi, Susie. You know what? I've been in the hospital. Open wide, a doctor's here. Everything is fine. Got nothing to fear. Strap them down. So, so tell me why Tommy gets his tonsils out is a better song, though. Number one, it's punk rock. I love that it's from the doctor's point of view. We're gonna rip them out. We're out of gas. And I, it also reminded me of being, you know, being in elementary school. It seems like kids got their tonsils out all the time, and it was like you always you were jealous of them, not realizing that anytime you go under anesthesia, you're 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 you could die. But as a kid, you're like, oh, they're so lucky they got their tonsils out and they got to eat ice cream and not go to school. But it just seems like, you know, after that, they realize maybe we shouldn't be doing this to these kids all the time. But I just like I love I love how the the whole he made a, a punk song about a doctor who takes kids tonsils out. It's just it's a it's a great song. All right. I'll, I'll give it to you. I, I, I like it. I like it, too. Um, and you know, nightclub jitters is probably arguably my, my least favorite song on please to meet me. I still listen to it. I don't, I don't skip it, but, uh, I'll, I'll give that to you. All right, let's go on to what well, we're on the fifth song already. Already. All right. So my, my song off of please to meet me is the ledge. song off Let It Be, Androgynous. Here comes Dick, he's wearing a skirt. Here comes Jane, you know she's sporting the chain. Same hair evolution, same build evolution. Tomorrow who's gonna fuss? So I was going to use this song as my sacred cow song, but now that you've used your veto, <laughs> I, um, I, I, 
I I feel very confident that this this will this will win over androgynous. This is going to be one where I'm just going to I'm going to I'm going to dig my feet in and tell you that as much as I love androgynous, that there's no way that you 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 can win on this this matchup. The ledge, if you're not aware of what the ledge is, it's really a it's written from the head of a teenager contemplating suicide, standing just outside of a window, and Westerberg sings, I'm the boy they can't ignore for the first time in my life, I'm sure. All the loves sent up on high to pledge won't reach the ledge. You know, the song subject was was uh so in your face that the video that they put together for this, which really didn't even show like anyone committing suicide from, from what I gather, the video was banned from MTV because they didn't want to be blamed for any copycat acts that could happen. And this is just, this is just such a well-written song where there's so many things that just kind of set the mood for this, you know, kind of going back to what we were talking about on the previous episode for Elvis, where he just puts in so many details where you, you just can't, you can't ignore the, the setting that you're in. So like the, the, the lyrics where it says wind blows cold from the West, I smell coffee. I smell donuts for the press. I mean, that just really sets it up for, for me. This, this is why faithfully got vetoed. It's the same thing. You, well, you know what? Brevity I, sometimes is, is, a, is your friend. Uh, here's the thing. You, you backing out of the sacred cow thing. I'm going to, I'm digging in and, and you're going to use it or, or cause that is part of my plan. Number one, but this, I'm I okay with like having a draw. I, we'll, 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 feel, we'll, we'll draw this one if you want. Just know I'm going to I'm going to draw down the down the road for for a couple of the other ones that I know you're going to you're going to try and pull up pull fast one on me. <laughs> I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. I feel like writing a song about suicide is like playing the um, developmentally disabled in a movie. This is Rain Man. This is I Am Sam. This is easy nomination for an, an, an Academy Award. It, I, I, it never has done anything for me. I Androgynous, I think, number one, that song's ahead of its time. That was written in 84 about a problem, we're, about issues we're having today. Joan Jett's been covering this for years. Um, I've heard her sing it more times than I've heard the replacements sing it. Do, do you, uh, I don't, but, but do you really think that that is a social commentary? I think it's more Paul making fun of the. the I, I don't the, think the, he's making fun of him at all. I, I think, think he's he, actually saying that this. You know what? Be let your freak flag fly. Be who you are. I, I, if you want to wear a skirt and you're a boy, wear a skirt. If you want to wear a wallet with a chain and you're a girl, then do it. Yeah. Oh, your dad doesn't know who is he. Who is he to say? <laughs> I, I disagree. I think it's a. I think it is a social commentary. Uh, I don't. I don't see it. You don't want to see it. No, I don't see it. I, I, I look going back to the let it be stages, and and let me tell you the reason why I don't see it. Your your following song after androgynous is a kiss cover. Okay, so how can I take them seriously with saying that androgynous is like a social commentary? I could make the argument that Black Diamond is also a social commentary, except I don't believe Paul Stanley understands a social concept. So I would that be the only. I think they may be doing it as a social. I think it. I think it once again falls. I think them doing Black Diamond is much like them naming their album "Let It Be," saying you know what, nothing sacred. Um, let's you know, and we're going to do what we want to do, even if it's not a good idea. That, and that's why, look, you just you just made my point that during the let it be stage, you you couldn't take them seriously. So I really think that androgynous is really making fun of kind of that goth punk crowd where 
everybody kind of looks the same. Everybody's got long hair. Everybody's wearing eyeliner. Everybody's wearing the, the black lipstick. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think to your point, they're not making a social commentary. Now, if they were to, you know, write this song now, sure. I, I could totally see that, but in 84, no, nah, I don't, I'm not, I'm not buying it. I don't buy your argument. I, well, first of all, I think number seven um, completely uh, disproves your argument. Okay. And I know for a fact that number seven is, if not your favorite replacement song, one, it's at near the top of your list. So how can he be so disillusioned and, and get that, that whole Gen X, you know, how they let us down. And yet, you you're you're willing to believe that and take that at face value. I know we're jumping ahead. We're we're not this. If this was a boxing match, the referees are in, the corners are in, the things they're trying to separate us. Uh, back to androgynous. I believe it is a social commentary on on you should be who you want to be. Don't listen to your dad. He doesn't. What does he know? Um, um, if you want, bring your sacred cow. Bring it, sacred cow. Come on, you want it. You want to do. You it. are arguing. You are arguing the same point for unsatisfied that you are that you're you're not hearing yourself with the ledge, like the ledge. Oh, no, it, no. ledge is no, about no. being unsatisfied to the point where you're going to commit suicide, and you're saying, and you know what, and, and you should protect it with your sacred cow. That's all I'm saying. Okay, all right, I'm 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 invoking the sacred cow. Then screw you. You that's. That's all I wanted. Is that all you wanted? You got okay. Well, you, that's all I wanted. Well, you got it. You got it. Then you uh, happy? I I am. You can. I wish you could see the smile on my face. I just want to. We're just gonna. Let's just move on to uh, the number six song yeah. off of Let It Be. This is the Kiss classic, Black Diamond. Classic. Oh boy. <laughs> For Kiss. Oh boy. You gotta. It's a classic Kiss song. I'm not. What I don't know okay. what to tell you. Okay, I'll shut up and listen. Let's listen to it. Out on the street for a living, you know it's only begun. They've got you under their thumb. Okay, so my song off of Please to Meet Me is Nevermind. Here we go. Convince me that this is a great, great song because Nevermind is a great song. No, and it wins. I'm, okay, <laughs> I, I was, I was ready for a blowhardy Ben Montgomery type of, of argument on why you would tell me that Black Diamond is going to win. But look, I'm not. I'm not because here's the thing. I will. The first band I ever loved was Kiss. I know, but I was, I was ten years old, and I can't be held accountable for that. And this song is overly cliche. I mean, even when you're 10, you're like, he's talking about hookers. This is what, are, what, are, what are we got. Come on now. I mean, I'm sure Paul Stanley thinks that this is should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or one of the 500 songs that changed the world. But frankly, that's that's not what it is. You, it isn't. And I don't know why they even covered this song. And let, And in fact, the only way it makes sense is if they're poking fun at kiss because if you wanted to say, I love kiss, you would, this is not the song you would do. Yeah. And, and I don't, do you remember driving around in my car when we were listening to this album? Like I had no idea cause I didn't look at the liner notes. I had the cassette. I don't think it had any liner notes to it, 
Um, but this song comes on and you're like, that's a kiss song. And I'm like, Oh, that would explain why this is my least favorite song on the album for my song. Just, just so I I had an argument in place. So I want to, I want to at least talk about it. This is, this is a song that really talks about Paul and his misgivings about firing Bob Stinson. Um, the, the lyrics are great. Absolutions out of the question. It makes no sense to apologize. The words I thought I brought, I left behind. So never mind. It's all over, but the shouting, it's just a waste of time. Never mind. Love the lyrics. Um, I'm glad you're conceding because Black Diamond, no. You got me. All right. Let's move on. Uh, so the seventh song on Please to Meet Me is Valentine. seventh song off let it be this is unsatisfied matter how much i love valentine it does not hold a match to unsatisfied you win Uh, and i wish you could see my notes uh i that's one of my notes is i know this is your favorite replacement song i i had the whiteboard in the war room drawn up and this one i didn't i knew wasn't even going to be a struggle no no. this was uh this I, I love Valentine. It's a great song. I love that line. If you were a pill, I'd take a handful exactly. at my will and knock you back with something sweet and strong. I think it's a song about tomorrow is a new day. Don't, you know, don't let this one get you down. Um, it's a great song, but it, you're right. Um, the disillusionment in his voice. I mean, this is Paul Westerberg growing up. Um, not all the way, but it's definitely, you. you can just, he is unsatisfied and it, it comes out in his in the lyrics and in his voice this this is a one of their great great uh, songs it's their best song in my in my opinion if i if i had to to rank the the top 10 songs of the replacements this would be this would be my top top pick love the song uh yeah this is this is one of those songs that i can go back to a lot and um 2018 definitely this this has definitely been one of my theme songs of 2018 so yeah all right moving on the number eight song off of let it be this is senior video This song is this song is so unconventional. I think it's definitely um, an anti MTV. This is a you know suck it MTV. There's there's all there's no verse. There's only chorus. It's all instrumental until uh, two o nine of a, or two twenty nine of a three minute and nine second song. 
um, any senior video, your phony rock and roll. I just think this is, this is when you're punk. This is like Elvis Costello punk rock. This is stick it. This is how you got music got out there in, in 1984 was you had to be on MTV. And they're just saying, you know what? All that is BS. It's phony rock and roll. We're going to make a song that is completely the opposite of what you want us to make a song about. And we're going to make fun of you yeah. while we're doing it. Uh, you know, it's, it's probably, that's probably the worst song on let it be. And off of please to meet me. The number eight song is shooting dirty pool. Shooting Dirty Pool. Uh, it's more of a let it be type of song. You know, it's it's got that it's got that vibe to it. It's also a two minute long song, so it's two minutes twenty seconds. Um, and but it just has some really great lyrics to it. Do us all a favor, get yourself a spine. Everybody's choking on the grapevine, and um, you know you're you're the coolest guy that I ever have smelled ain't a notch on nobody's belt why don't you get a, a haircut sister you know and and this particular song would include jim dickinson's son luther on guitar if you're not familiar with luther dickinson he is jim dickinson's son he would go on to form the north mississippi all-stars he's also part of the black crows from 2007 to 2011 so this is tough it's a this is a, a tough decision, but you know, once I read the lyrics again, uh, I think I win on this one. Oh, I disagree. I couldn't disagree more. This song is unremarkable. I don't even think it sounds like a replacement song. It sounds like uh, a Let It Be song. What are you talking about? I I disagree. I just found it to be unremarkable. I didn't think it fit on on the album it's on, or or really, just doesn't even sound like them. I I don't. I think senior video is much, I mean, that's a protest against the establishment. I don't, I don't know how you can beat it with a, some unremarkable song about shooting dirty pool. I, I, I just don't, I, I, I couldn't I'm disagree I'm, more with you. I'm I don't even know what. Then. <laughs> okay. Uh, All right. My okay. All right. <clears throat> Okay. Uh, all right. Number nine. My number nine from Please to Meet Me Red Red Wine. track off of let it be it's gary's got a boner That's what's funny about the word boner. I it makes you laugh. You can't not. You can't, you can't not. You can't. You can't not laugh at that. I'm sorry. And this song is about a clumsy first experience, which uh, we've all had. And sex beats alcohol and rock and roll. It always does. So yeah, I was I was super curious on what kind of deep analysis you were going to try and provide on the song, <laughs> considering the title is Gary's Got a Boner. But go ahead. I, I want to hear your deep analysis, Wayne. <laughs> I, I just gave it to you. That's, I don't know what else you can, I don't know what else there is to say. All right. uh, if it were, if you had, if your cover was a cover of uh, UB40 then, or, or Neil Diamond, we, we would have had a conversation, but I, I think, I think Gary's got a boner is better than red, red wine. Uh, I'm inclined to just give, give this one to you just because Paul, Paul gives the songwriting credits. Also, if you look at the songwriting credits for let it be, 
he gives songwriting credits to Ted Nugent because he said it, it was essentially cat scratch fever. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's just, that's just classic. I, you know, as much as I, 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 I like red, red wine, but just because of that, I'm, I'm going to give this one to you. Um, cause uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought they both lacked his tip, his his usual cleverness, um, but yeah, sex beats alcohol. I don't know what else you can do. Yeah, all right. So let's move on to our ten, the the tenth song on each album for "Please to Meet Me." This is Skyway. gonna let you go first on 16 blue because uh i'm just afraid of what you what kind of garbage you're gonna give me with my analysis on this song so go ahead it's you know what this is uh an easily relatable topic to any any man um that that time in your life when you you just you don't you don't get it you it all seems it's all weird and it's all so confusing and exciting at the same time. Um, I thought this is these. This song is for the time. I think a much more mature, like retrospective, you know, a look back in his life or uh, looking back in all of our lives from Paul Westerberg. Um, this is just. A, it's got a very melancholy kind of feel to it um, for a very melancholy time in in a in a guy's life. Yeah, and I I love Sixteen Blue, but Skyway, Skyway is one of the best things Paul's ever written. Um, this was, I think, his either first or second real attempt at writing a big star type of song. I think Here Comes a Regular from the previous album probably probably was that step in that direction. You know, I I feel like this is the type of ballad that's kind of right up there with, you know, I'm in love with a girl or thirteen. I think Paul from 16 blue when it to, to give kudos to 16 blue, I think he was, he was starting to develop into a really good songwriter on that song. And then I, I just think that he hits it out of the park with Skyway. Um, and, you know, and we'd see more of that approach of just kind of the acoustic type, uh, type of attitude on all shook down, which you've already said is, you know, one of your, if not, you, you know, top top albums of all time right uh yeah i i i think this song is very mature um and it is it is closer to his solo stuff but this isn't a solo record this is a this is a replacements record yeah you know one other one other thing of note on this so if you take out the last two skyway refrains at the end of the song this is actually a sonnet Go go go! Take a is look. that is that is that how you win? What if it was a haiku? I don't even I don't even understand that. I you know remark. what if, if sixteen blue was a haiku, I'd give it to you. But this is a sonnet, so 
Okay. Well, uh, I, you know what? It's a, it's a good song. I like them both. Um, I'm willing to, uh, I'm willing to let you have this one. Okay. And, and like I said, 16 blue, also a great song, but yeah, I got to give the nod to, to Skyway. All right. We are at the home stretch. The number 11 song off of Let It Be, it's the Sacred Cow answering machine. My song is Can't Hardly Wait off of Please to Meet Me. This is my favorite song off Let It Be. I think you goaded me. (laughs) You goaded me with the ledge. You pissed me off with the ledge. And now you're gonna pull the sacred cow against Can Hardly Wait. You you are absolutely the 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 most heartless bastard I've ever met. I think the word you're looking for is despicable. But it It, is also it's it's I'm also two and out. So 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 we are we are done with this podcast. Thank you all very much for listening, but we are no longer I am no longer going to do this podcast with Wayne Fugate. I'm bringing back Steve Netta or Adam or my brother. Uh, Wayne, you are fired. Uh, you know what? I I think you're being too hard on me. I think I think I'm only using the tools at my disposal. I know. Uh, you, I feel like I feel like Aaron Rodgers when he when he catches somebody with the too many men on the field. It's uh, don't hate the player, hate the game. That is definitely what this is a class. This is definitely a lesson in don't hate the player, hate the game. Just to speak on my very favorite song off this album, Answering Machine. It's super lo-fi. There's this is just a guitar and a, and a singer. It could even be the same person playing both. Um, it's very minimalist. Um, it almost has a feel like he recorded it through an answering machine. Um, it just, it just reeks of desperation. Um, I, I, but once again, can't hardly wait, I think is arguably one of their, their best songs, but it's, it got sacred cow. I didn't, and I want to know, I just want everyone to know, I didn't come up with the sacred cow idea. This was not mine, but once it was made aware to me, because when I looked at this record and I looked at the battle, it felt like I picked a fight with, some scrawny guy who knew karate and I, and I got myself into something. And then when you, you, you revealed a sacred cow, I, I saw the whole thing come together. I drew it out. I literally have the songs head to head. I got my wind circled. I got my sacred cow. I, I goaded you into it. I, I rope doped you to the end and then I, I won it on the decision. Yeah. You, you can take this win, but it is with a big giant asterisk because that, so not only did you win the journey debate by vetoing faithfully, which automatically just makes you despicable. You you've you've pulled you pulled it again with 
pulling the sacred cow against can hardly wait. You're just, I, I'm beyond words. Um, just so you know, Alex Chilton plays guitar on can hardly wait. And, um, it's, it's a, it's a great song about the joys of traveling for the band. Um, I got to see, I will say this. I will say this. Uh, I didn't feel as bad about it because this song was, should have been on Tim. So it really shouldn't even have been on this album. Yeah. But you've heard, you've heard the Tim version. I mean, it, it, it's definitely a better version on the Please to Meet Me. It kind of goes back to what we were talking about with, you know, November Rain. If November Rain would have been on Appetite for Destruction, wasn't as good of a song as it was when it was produced a couple of years later. So that's kind of how I feel with Can Hardly Wait. I love all the different takes on this because there's like, I think on all of the various, you know, extended, extended LPs that, can't hardly wait. It's probably what got five different versions. There's an acoustic version. There's an alternative take version. There's the Tim version. They're all great, but the one that ultimately made it onto "Please to Meet Me" it's the best version. And yeah, I know that there are going to be some replacement diehard replacement fans out there that are going to say otherwise because they hate the horn section or whatever. But it's just a fantastic song. So. Yeah, you get you get this, but you get it with a huge asterisk. I'm not. I'm not. You're not happy. I'm not. This. I'm not satisfied. <laughs> you are. Well, look, like I say, look me I'll, in the I'll, eyes. I'll, look me in the eyes, and tell me that you're satisfied with how you won this. I I'm gonna sleep okay tonight yeah, because well. it's. You know what? You came. Hey, I'm only using the tools at my disposal. I didn't come up with the veto. I didn't come up with the sacred cow. I just used your own devices against you. And uh, that's don't hate the player, hate the game. Yeah. Well, next next debate that we do, there are no sacred cows. There are no vetoes. We're going head to head. You don't like it. Well, next time I see you in Washington, we will put on the gloves. (laughs) <laughs> and I will, and I will, I will yell at you like Axel, and I will say, "Get in the ring!" Well, you've been in the ring twice, and you got your ass handed to you, so I don't know what else to say. <laughs> All right, uh, fair enough. E- either way, either way, both of these he- albums are fantastic. And- Absolutely. Um- all joking aside, a person we we both have discussed this. We could have matched "Let It Be" versus Tim. Tim versus "Please to Meet Me." Don't tell a soul versus let it be all anybody who hasn't dug into the replacements and listened to their stuff um, is, is shorting themselves. Yeah. Agreed. And uh, what else was I going to say? This? <laughs> I, I lost, lost my train of thought. Oh, um, I, we're going to do some copious amounts of editing on this one, you know, and, and to that point, I tried I tried to convince you that we needed to do a let it be versus let it be replacements versus Beatles and you just felt like you felt like the Beatles album was too much of a sacred cow but I listened to I listened to the Beatles album recently and I I I don't know I it's it's one of my least favorite Beatles albums and I think I think let it be could take the Beatles album uh, and I don't think that anything is a sacred cow I thought I didn't. I obviously, literally didn't. Obviously, I didn't like that there. I didn't like that there wasn't the same number of songs. I'm about the rules. I mean, eleven versus eleven. Okay. If you have to take out the twelfth one, what do we take out? We don't. Would we take out Let It Be? I mean, we take out Hey Jude. Uh, you know, do we take out Dig a Pony? No. I mean, we no. can't decide. You can't. No, we'd we'd, we'd probably we'd probably do Dig a Pony. I just feel like you've got to go the the. Even it's got to have the same number of songs. That happens a lot. I mean, between ten and twelve. So there'll be other matchups. Well, you, you'll get another turn. Um, you'll or, probably or, you'll probably lose, but you'll get another shot. Well, you take out Maggie May. Maggie May is what forty seconds long. You know that that I, that's just, that's what you would have. Like done. I say, I use the rules. You, we, I'm not gonna. I can't. I can't tolerate this skirting of the rules. That's that's hilarious that you're that you're 
pulling the I'm going to follow the rules. When <laughs> when in the world did I did Wayne Fugate ever when did you ever follow the rules? I just during these last two battles, Journey and Let It Be. So Maybe you started over a new leaf. So you started following the rules in 2018 for the podcast. That's great. I'm glad I, I I'm glad I get to 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 witness this. That's fantastic. All right, man. All all joking aside, this was fun. I love you. I love you too, man. All right. Uh, so I this is usually the time that we're teasing our next episode. I don't know what the next episode is. Uh, we've got a bunch of episodes that we are recording, and I'm not sure at what uh, how I'm going to release those yet since we're we're coming up to Christmas season. We've got a couple Christmas episodes coming out. So um, I'm not going to even tease the next episode because I don't know which one I'm going to release. So how's that? It's perfect. All right. Perfect end to a perfect, uh, perfect night. Absolutely. All right. It's been a pleasure revisiting with you. Where's the rest of your spiel? Okay. Uh, well, I was just going to throw it out to you. You could say, yeah, yeah, it was great. Whatever. All right. Here's the spiel. Ready? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. Please go support the arts. Go to a live show. Buy a t-shirt of the band. Buy a record. Visit a record store and not just on record store day. We are records revisited and we are out. Out. <laughs>